0: Thanks for staying with me. I greatly appreciate you spending your Sunday afternoons with me. That is always greatly appreciated. Remember, this is our 20th year. Lori and Julia and myself are original components of this station. So anyway, 20 years. Who would have thunked it? I still remember meeting Lori for the first time. I was here interviewing with one of the who was of the station at the time. And and here she comes, uh, just a perky little trot. She had a cute little... uh, uh, a purse i think it was kind of like a almost like a ah, i don't what to call a straw purse that had flower on it and she had a flower in her hair and, and I at the time i didn't realize that was gonna be uh, you know i just thought, i don't know who she was but anyway so she was so cute then and she still is okay uh the oops wait a minute uh what kind of pipeline was installed in wacken germany a liquid hydrogen pipeline, a corn syrup pipeline, a beer pipeline, or a marshmallow pop pipeline. What's you thinking over there, Rachel? It's got to be beer, right? Germany. Ding, 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 ding. And already Dr. Jess weighed in on the beer, and so did I. <laughs> a four mile beer pipeline was installed in 2017, Heavy Metal Festival in Wacken, Germany, allowing concessions operators enough. Pressure to pour six beers in six seconds. Six beers in six seconds. That is fast. Is that not up on my beer pouring timeline? But no, that's bad because well, see, the bigger thing because you have to have enough pressure behind it. You know, like you get a keg or anything oh, oh, like okay. that. Uh, You've Got to have yeah. the pressure behind it. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing is to have the right pressure that you you tip the glass and as the beer comes out, then you slowly stand it up because you don't want to. You know, you don't want it all. You know, falling. Right. And so you got to learn how to. Because boy, good neighbor days when we were doing the tappers. Oh my lord! I mean, I literally stood at the tapper and just ting, ting. I mean, the tap never got shot off. Literally, it was like I was going to spit at me. <laughs> tap 2 tap tap 2 tap 3 it was crazy so anyway yeah beer how many miles was that 2017 okay it was a 4 mile beer pipeline wow Okay, all uh, right. Hey, if you guys got a question for me and Jessica, please, Doctor Jessica, please give me a holler six five one six four one one zero seven one six five one six four one one zero seven one. You you know you got it. Where you're gonna have to wait till the last week <laughs> in uh, June. Doctor Jessica Levy, holistic vet, is here. And how can they get a hold of you, Doctor Levy? Uh, through my website, holistic-vet-care dot com. All right. So we took we talked about the four D. Uh, X, 4DX, mm-hmm. and that's to mm-hmm. test for uh, heartworm, Lyme, antiplasmosis, and Elect, elect- mm-hmm.
1: anaplasmosis, and Ehrlichia. Ehrlichia,
0: I just got to be right. That.
1: And it uh, just, like, you just need to understand that if your dog tests positive,
0: air quotes,
1: for Lyme, Ehrlichia, or anaplasmosis, it's not a firm diagnosis. It, it does not mean that they actually have the disease. Okay. So then you draw blood and send it to them. It means that they might have antibodies against okay. those diseases. And so then you just decide, you know, does your dog have symptoms or not? If it doesn't have symptoms, you don't have to worry about okay. it. Yeah. If it, if it is sick in some way, then you need to
0: investigate further. What are some of the symptoms of like, well, limes, there's four stages to limes, correct? Isn't the first one the bullseye? The second one... Oh, that's if you're human, yeah. Okay, but I thought it was the same in dogs. Get, uh, a lot of times you don't see that in dogs. Oh, the eyes you don't because they got so much fur. <laughs> right. But then right. The, the, and then the second one is uh, 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 temperature, a low-grade temperature and kind of lethargic, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the fourth one is uh, a joint mm-hmm. problems. And the fifth one I thought was respiratory. I thought you said there were four. I, I did. First one, the bullseye. Okay, then you went to fifth. No, I I didn't. (laughs) Oh, I said fifth. Did I really? (laughs) I look at him and he's like, can't count my fingers. (laughs) There was an extra finger. It had to mean something. (laughs) There's a shadow there (laughs) I counted. Okay. Yeah,
1: so basically, um, that's what I look for. You know, fever, loss of appetite, lethargy. Okay. Uh, Classically, you see a shifting leg lameness. Okay. And so that means that you wake up one day and your dog is limping on its right back leg and you think, well, you know, I'll just watch him for a couple days, see what he does. Mm. And then after a couple of days, he's not limping on that leg anymore. He's limping on the left front leg.
0: Okay. Aha. Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh.
1: Now it's Lyme. There you go. But but I have seen dogs who just had stiffness and pain in their back or in mm-hmm. their pelvis. Okay. So it's not always clear cut. Okay. A lot of times think, there's what about, loss of appetite, lethargy. They don't want to move. Maybe they've got a fever. Okay. What about anti- antiplasmosis? Anaplasmosis or- actually, like one of the main symptoms is malaise. What's that? Malaise means that you do not feel well. Okay. It can be very vague.
0: Oh, okay. It can be okay. very
1: difficult to diagnose. But um, the other tick-borne diseases, so um, sometimes Lyme, but it, classically other tick-borne diseases will um, have effects on the bone marrow. So low platelet counts right. are pretty typical. Okay. I treated one dog when she came in. Um, uh, she actually had a platelet count of zero. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, and I think. I I don't know. I I think the regular vet had kind of missed it. The dog had already been on uh, doxycycline. She'd been on the antibiotic that they use to treat Lyme. She'd been on it for a couple of weeks by then. And then the the vet had rechecked the blood work because at first the dog's platelet count was low-ish. Right. Rechecked it and the platelet count came back at zero. Wow. And the recommendation was, you know, well, you know, if she's doing okay, just keep her on the antibiotics. And I think they they just, like, must have not seen it or they they must have thought there's no way it could be. Zero. Zero. Yeah. 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 But she did great with homeopathic remedies. Okay. (laughs) A couple of supplements,
0: homeopathic remedies. She's still alive. Oh, that's good. So with platelets of zero, Mm -hmm. then that says that she has that. And is that still treatable with the antibiotics or what?
1: Well, uh, your platelets are what helps your blood clot. Okay. And so if you, you have no platelets, you bleed to death if you get a cut. Yep. Okay. Or or internally. Right? Yep. Right because like all all day throughout the day, your blood vessels are developing little defects in the walls of the blood vessels okay. and a lot of clotting has to happen throughout the day so that we don't seep blood out through. Huh. Uh, you know, every time you okay. kind of right. bust a vein in traffic. <laughs> yeah,
0: there you go. There you go. I to, like you get that Bruce Springsteen look, you know, with the big <laughs> or whatever. You lick, lick, like, like Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty think. similar. Same thing. Yeah. Okay. So
1: low platelet count. Um, okay. You know, sometimes changes in the other red blood cells.
0: Okay. Hmm.
1: And then that would be treatable with antibiotics.
0: Or what, what maybe what? I don't know okay because you do uh, remedies. yeah
1: I mean some of these things are more or less responsive to antibiotics I think you know I hear from a lot of people who say uh, you know I'm a chronic Lyme patient or my my neighbor had Lyme disease and never recovered and, okay Um. yeah I think if you solely rely on antibiotics you're not going to be successful okay because so, you know killing the bacteria is uh, maybe only part of the picture oh interesting interesting
0: mm-hmm. okay And then um, uh, let's see, why don't we run? We got some uh, people online here. I can't, just a minute. Let's see. Okay, we got some questions for you. Okay. Are you ready for that? That's exciting. Okay, so let's go to break. Wait a minute. I'm going to give you the. Okay, what is Ronald McDonald's called in Japan? Donald McDonald, Old McDonald, or Robin McDonald? We'll be back. All right. Okay, what is Ronald McDonald called in Japan? Is it Donald McDonald's? Okay. Old McDonald or Robin McDonald in Japan? Do you have any idea? My guess is Robin. Robin McDonald? What do you think, Dr. Jess? I agree. Okay, nope. It's called Donald McDonald. No way. In Japan, he's called Donald McDonald. McJohn- Try to say that three times right. fast. Due to the lack of a clear R sound in Japanese enunciation. Oh, right. Okay. So it's called Donald McDonald. Um, well, how do you say "Sayonara"? No, is ra 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 Exactly. No. No one knows? Okay, let's head to the phone line. All right, we've got um, Maureen, Maureen on the line, and she has a dog with meningitis, and she's looking for more holistic remedies for her. All right. Hi, Maureen. How you doing?
2: Good. How are you?
0: Good. What kind of pupper?
2: Uh, she is Shitsu and Maltese.
0: Okay, and how old?
2: She's five years old.
0: Five years old and meningitis, huh?
2: Right. She's had it for two years now.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Hey, Dr. Jeff, you're, Dr. Jess, you're on. This is your 14th. How is that
1: possible? Why? When was she first diagnosed?
2: Um, April, April 18th, 2020. She was attacked by a dog. She Uh went to Blue Pearl. She was stitched up and sent home. Um, She appeared to be healing. And July, she went to her regular vet for a rabies vaccination, and within days, she was walking around with her head down and her tail down and making little squealing sounds. And I could tell she was in pain, so I took her to her vet,
1: mm-hmm.
2: who sent her to Blue Pearl, and they said we need to do a scan, a CT scan, maybe it was. And she was diagnosed with with meningitis. And so she was put on cyclosporin and prednisone and... Um, um. Well, and she was on prednisone, every twelve hours,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: just recently, in the past month, month and a half, she's been tapered down to one a day. She just had a recheck again last October, and it was still present. And she just had another exam on uh, maybe two weeks ago. And they said that she's doing well, but keep her on cyclosporin, and they would taper her off or to every other day in July. Um, but then that there is another question because she had halitosis, and when I told the vet um, at Blue Pearl, they said, "Well, she does have lesions in her mouth that could be secondary infection from the meningitis." So they put her on clindamycin. Mm-hmm. And the bad breath went away within days, but by the time she was done with the clindamycin, the breath came back. The vet said her teeth do look dirty, so I could schedule a dental cleaning if I'd like. Her regular vet won't do it because of the meningitis, so she has an appointment in July at another Blue Pearl. And I'm wondering how dangerous is it to do this? Am I opening up another can of worms? Um well, that,
1: that would definitely be something to ask them.
2: Well, they did explain that, you know, there's always a chance that it could rewaken the meningitis, but it is still present in our system
1: mm-hmm. at this
2: point. So, is her is her
1: behavior yeah. normal?
2: Her behavior is normal. Like 100%? Yes.
1: Okay. Okay, so it's just based on uh, something that shows up on repeated MRIs or CT scans?
2: right well when she first had the scan the the neurologist that treated her said she had never seen such a a bad case of it that she had i don't know is it more blood red blood
1: whatever okay yeah okay yeah interesting okay and what do you feed her
2: um i cook for her um Mm -hmm. ground turkey zucchini spinach uh, brown rice, mm-hmm. carrots, and peas. Mm-hmm. So I give her that and um, and also dry dog food on the side that she might eat a few bites of it. Mm-hmm. So, and I feed her twice a day. Okay, good. But
1: mm-hmm.
2: she, she gained weight from the prednisone, which mm-hmm. I have not been mm-hmm. able to get off. She mm-hmm. started off at 13 pounds, went up to 18, mm-hmm. and... I got her down to 16, but now she's up at 17. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so just trying to walk more and fewer treats. And But earlier I heard you saying that cyclosporin isn't really a medicine, and I thought, whoa, wait a minute. Because that's what, what, cyclosporine? On.
1: Yeah, cyclosporine is an immunosuppressive drug. I don't think we've talked about cyclosporine yet today. Yeah, I don't
2: oh, think so. I, okay, I thought I had um, mentioned Okay. Uh,
1: Okay. Now, and does she want to walk? Does she have the energy that she had before?
2: Oh, a lot of energy. Yes. She pulls me along. Yeah.
1: Okay, good. Good. Yeah. Um, okay, so, you know, it's it's hard to know. Is this due to um, whatever the trauma was that happened in April, or is this due to the rabies vaccine that happened um, a few months later?
2: Exactly. And right. when I asked her the vet that gave her the rabies shot, I said, is it possible she could have gotten this from the rabies shot? She said, absolutely not. Oh, Uh, absolutely.
1: Yes. A hundred percent. I know that's not true. Oh, sure. I mean, the rabies vaccine, you know, commonly a common side effect is whole body stiffness and soreness. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's a neurological virus. And so commonly causes neurological side effects. Okay. So you have some different options going on here.
2: Which is why, at this uh-huh. point, she is not able to have any vaccinations.
0: Correct. Yeah. Ever again. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. So I think
1: so. There's some things that you could do just to help support her immune system. Are you using any supplements right now?
2: Um, I did put her on a line probiotics. Uh huh. Um, when she was on the cyclosporin and the clindamycin. Okay. Um, but the pharmacist said if she's just on the cyclosporin alone, she doesn't need a probiotic. So I don't know if that's true or not.
1: Whatever. Okay. Um, is the pharmacist a natural health expert? Oh, that was a snarky little question. Yeah, uh, I don't know.
2: <laughs> okay. But so, uh-huh. what, what supplements would you suggest?
1: Well, um, easy things that I would start with. Um, for one thing, you could throw away the dry food. Um, mm-hmm. I would, what I would do instead of the dry food is introduce some raw meaty bones and mix them in with the food that you're already feeding her in order to help clean her teeth and also because you're feeding essentially a calcium deficient diet. So normally dogs get calcium from eating the bones of their prey. Mm -hmm. So um, if chicken is one of the proteins that she can have, then I would say get some chicken necks chop them up into little pieces with your poultry shears um and start mixing them in with the food that you're already feeding.
2: Oh, and she wouldn't choke on on that?
1: No. Okay. So you you start with chopping them up first, right? And so right. and just start with small amounts like uh even at the weight she's at now, I would not give her a whole chicken neck to start off with. So I would take that yeah. chicken neck and I would make it last yeah. um you know four or five days or something like that. But the more you can give her raw bones that she can chomp down into, she will clean her own teeth. And so if the teeth are the cause of the halitosis, which I think Mm -hmm. is questionable, um, then you know, then then maybe you could avoid the dentistry in the future. Okay. And also it will provide calcium in the diet. I mean like technically, you know, the only thing I would say about Otherwise, about the food that you're making for her is, you know, you could ditch the rice and then have some make sure that you have some variety in the veggies and some variety in the proteins. So if you make a batches of this stuff, you want to feed a different protein maybe every two, three days. So you could make a chicken version, a turkey version, a beef version and a pork version and then stack them in your freezer so that you can pull out a different one and then just vary your veggies Sometimes an easier way to think about what veggies to use is you think about a green vegetable, a red vegetable, and a yellow vegetable. And, mm-hmm. you know, okay. make up some different blends of that that you can use mm-hmm. with your recipes. So I, th- yeah. I think that that is a fine way to feed a dog. I would just lower the carbs because carbs are pro-inflammatory in dogs. Okay. And then, like I said, get rid of the dry food because that does not really contribute okay. to health.
2: And I felt kind of bad that I'm not giving her any dry food because... Mm-hmm. Dry food does Uh, not clean
1: dog's teeth, but raw, meaty bones will.
2: Um, Okay. And any other kind of bone besides chicken necks? Yeah.
1: You can use chicken wings. You can use duck wings. Um, Some grocery stores sell duck heads, turkey tails. Uh, A lot of grocery stores sell turkey necks that are kind of chopped up into smaller pieces. So you definitely want to make sure that it's not always necks. But I would say, like, you know, maybe one out of the two feedings per day make sure that she's getting some bones in with her food. Okay. Start with a very small amount because she's going to need to acclimate to having to digest bones and you don't want to constipate her right Right. off the bat. And then eventually, like after a couple of weeks, you start leaving the pieces a little bit bigger so that she chomps down into them and cleans her teeth.
2: Okay. And leave those raw. Do not cook them. Correct. Correct.
1: Yeah. All bones have to be raw. Mm -hmm.
2: And then the other thing that I would do
1: is You know, support her immune system, right? Because meningitis is an inflammatory condition. Anything that ends in itis indicates inflammation. Right. Um, And I would probably use a couple of homeopathic remedies as well. So uh, for immune system support, um, I would probably use standard process canine immune support. Um, If you
0: email me through my website, I'll give you the information for how to order it. hold that thought. Don't hang on when we come back. You okay, can finish okay. your finish your list. Okay. All right. Okay. Which of the following animals can hold their breath the longest? A sea otter, a dolphin, a hippo, or a sloth? We'll be back. And we're back. Uh, okay. Which of the following animals can hold its breath the longest? A sea otter, a dolphin, a hippo, or a sloth? What do you think, there, Rachel? I think a sea otter. All right. What do you think, Doctor Jess? I'm voting for hippo. Really, I hit it right. I was impressed with myself. <laughs> uh, by uh, it is a sloth. Huh. By slowly, by slowing their heart rates, sloth can hold their breath for up to forty minutes in water. Forty minutes. Well, now look at how slow the sloth <laughs>
2: goes. Of it. Yeah,
0: yes. but I mean, who like really? Who did this? Who submerged
2: the sloth. <laughs> yeah, they're not an aquatic animal. I know. So why what's, would they what's, be what's in some grant somewhere
0: figured this one out. Okay. <laughs> and the reason we, I I picked sloth is for the fact that sloths are so slow anyway. I thought that you know then they would breathe slower that they could hold their breath. So see how I analyzed that. I was mm-hmm. a brother. With you stuff. just did it with a thought experiment. Yeah, okay. No no sloths were harmed in the. <laughs> no no sloths at war time. <laughs> was hurt so anyway but just, so there you go all right see the more you know see you learn something new every every time you tune into this show yeah you, hopefully you go away with something that you've learned some i know what i've been useful I've information he yeah, has some useful okay we're going back uh, marina you still there i am all right so did you get educated a sloth 40 minutes, they can hold their breath. Wow. <laughs> Underwater. Underwater.
2: <laughs>
0: Unbelievable. Oh, I know. Okay, so now continue on there. Now okay. We, yeah. Remind everybody where we were when we mm-hmm. like to break. That's fine. So, um, so I would use uh, standard process
1: canine immune support. And uh, you can email me and I'll uh, let you know how to, where to get that.
2: All right, and then another question would be: How much food should she be eating per day? Like half a cup in the morning, half a cup at night? Is she still on steroids? No, no.
1: Okay, just on the cyclosporine.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. It, so it, it depends on the proportion. So basically, the f- any uh, the food that you're feeding should be about seventy five to one hundred percent meat, and only up to twenty five percent veggies. Okay. And then out of that. Um, how much would you feed a little dog like that? Um, if she wasn't crazy starving, I would feed her, um, mm, I don't know, half a cup seems like a lot, third of a cup. Twice a day? Yeah. And then you just have to see, you know, does it, does she stay plump on that or does she get too skinny or something like that? You know, everybody's got their own metabolism.
2: But then the other things... A third cup twice a day. Correct. Correct. Okay.
1: Yeah. But then the other thing that I would do is I would go to your local health food store, Whole Foods, Hy-Vee, vitamin shop, and get the homeopathic remedies: uh, Arnica Montana 30C and Hypericum 30C.
2: Arnica Montana 30C
1: mm-hmm. and Hypericum. Okay. H-Y-P-E-R-I-C-U-M.
2: H-Y-P-E-R. H-Y-P-E-R.
1: I-C-U-M.
2: I-C-U-M.
1: Yeah, and the full name of the plant is Hypericum perforatum in the 30C potency. And so uh, Arnica is the most common homeopathic remedy for any kind of pain, trauma, um, getting hit by a bus, (laughs) having a stroke, (laughs) the great concussion remedy. OK, Uh, so I would use that. And then the hypericum perforatum is for injuries to nerve rich areas like your okay. spine. So okay. so basically um, the any any health food store, any co-op is going to carry those two homeopathic remedies. They're very commonly used, very easy to find. And I would okay. give um, two pellets of each one to your dog uh, every other day. So say Monday, Wednesday, Friday of every week every other day okay. yeah
2: and And i
1: said and that's 30c right 30c is the potency that's the strength of the homeopathic remedy okay and i would probably do that for four weeks when you go to health food stores they're not going to have a whole lot of choices they will typically have the 30c potency and that's fine that's fine it'll be in a little blue plastic vial about the size of a tube of lipstick
2: okay so two pallets of each of them every other day
1: correct yeah, so I would just do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday for four weeks and just kind of see what you get out of it. So ideally, I don't know, like, do you have, are you scheduled for when you're going to get the next, the next scan done to see if they can, like, visually see?
2: Um, her next appointment would be in October, and they've talked about doing another scan. And is it necessary to put her through that again? I mean, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough to know because maybe at some point they, they could potentially come to the conclusion that if the lesion that they're seeing is stable, then they, you know, might want to wean her off the immunosuppressives anyway because that's kind of not a great way to go through the rest of your life. You have a young young dog, so.
2: Well, and they did say that she could possibly be on cyclosporin for the rest of her life. And yep. that's kind of a scary thought. She's only five.
1: Exactly. You know what? Everybody's got their own comfort zone when it comes to these things, so. Yeah, definitely something yeah. to think about.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: But the, but All that's right. that's what I would start I, with though.
2: I will try these, and thank you so much for the information.
0: Oh, you bet. Thank you, Dave, for calling, Thank you. and thanks for listening. Thank you. Take care. You too. Bye bye. All right, there you go. That was a. Now I got some Arcanica, arnica, mm-hmm. Montana. What's is, is some of? Is it a purple tube? It's two hundred. Yeah. Yeah, okay. the,
1: yeah. The so the 30 C potencies come in blue tubes right. and the 200 are purple
0: Okay, in and, that
1: pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: and then the Arcania, Arcania why can't I say mm-hmm. Artica? They're right, Artica? mm mm-hmm. Artica, there we go. Okay, now, um, so the, the Arcana, Artica, M- Montana with the 200, like h- how much would you take of that? Because that's 200 instead of thirties. Just two, uh, two pellets. Oh, okay. But
1: it depends on what you're using it for. So usually you're going to use a higher potency for a more serious condition. Okay. So if you're taking Arnica because you, um, you know, fell or something okay. like that, how hard did you fall? Okay. Did you okay. fall off your chair? <laughs> did you
0: <laughs> fall on my horse? Fall off <laughs> rock? Fall out of an airplane? <laughs> you know, diff- different levels of trauma okay. kind of okay. thing. Okay, okay. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I, they didn't have the blue one, and that, they just had the purple one. It was 200. I'm like, I, I need it. Fine, Mm -hmm. I'll take
1: that. Yeah, but remember I told you about that one time. uh, Oh, gosh. uh, I was taking um, salt blocks out to the barn. Okay. And so I I had set, you know, those things weigh 50 pounds. Yes, they do. And I had set one of them in the wheelbarrow. And then I I went to pick it up and somehow, like, part of it slipped out of my hand and, like, just fell on my hand. Howie. Yeah, and, I mean, my fingers swelled (gasps) up, like, instantly. Yeah. Um, And then, so... You know, so that's up in Stacey. So from there, we just went down to, what's that store off of 96? There's a Fresh Time or something yes. over there. Mm-hmm. So just went directly to the Fresh Time, grabbed that bottle of Arnica 200, took a dose right, right there in the store. Uh-huh. And by the time we walked out of the store, my
0: hand was back to normal. Really? Wow! Well, I, yeah. right. I didn't realize it had that. effect. Mm-hmm. I'll have to try that. Well, that's yeah. what happens when you get the right remedy. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, because like I said, pretty, I've got quite the the blue too. And another thing, remember Apis? For bug bites. Uh because mm-hmm. bug bites was well, so one of these days mm-hmm. the, the mosquitoes are gonna be flying or Mosquitoes, mo- biting the,
1: flies, wasps.
0: Yep. So mm-hmm. that, uh, that's A P I S S, right? A P I S. One S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I got that last year with that when you mentioned that. And I didn't have to be sure as you get it, then you don't need it, right? Right. And right. So we'll wait this year. So but last night I did hear uh Because 'cause we're our Big pond is fed by um, two springs our Artesian Well, so it stays very cold, so it's the last one to start singing. But last night when I went down to do chores, I uh, uh, just over the hill, just a tiny little th- swampy thing, and it was singing. Not loud, but it was singing last night. Oh yeah, yeah. The swamp yeah. next to my house has been singing. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, who's up? Okay, we've got Angel on the line, and she's got a question about bones. Okay. Hi Angel, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good. What would you like to know?
2: Hi. I, I wonder, what Wouldn't my dog? I have a, a chihuahua, and and you guys said that um, that uh, they the give the dog bones. Yep. pretty wouldn't they choke on them?
0: Nope. You want to get a big bone, or you know, yeah, I mean, you don't want something they can swallow. Okay. And so uh, you don't want one that looks like the donuts, like with the marrow in it. You don't want those. Because those sometimes okay. can get caught on the teeth. You know, the canine that gets over the jaw, but that's a long story. So what you want was called a gnawing bone, like the knuckle bone of lamb bone that are smaller for smaller dogs. Or like uh, what Dr. Jess said, you know, turkey necks, chicken necks, duck and duck wings, chicken wings,
1: Right but 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 I
0: but I do feed my dogs bones that they're going to
1: completely consume. Mm-hmm. So I feed my dogs a diet of raw meaty bones mm-hmm. which means that they're going to eat the bones there's nothing left when they're done eating them. Mm-hmm. And then you have kind of the beef marrow bones that's sort of a the different annoying, category because yeah, yep. the dogs are not going to be able to eat those. Right. With a chihuahua you you know you definitely have a hitch that you have to find something that's small enough for the dog to eat. So my first recommendation is if you have not fed your dog raw food, then go do that. Go to to a store, find some pre-mixed raw foods, and start adding little bits of that to your dog's food. The pre-mixed raw foods like Primal, Stella & Chewy's, Raw Bistro, you name it, they do have bones in them. They're only 10% bone, but the bones are completely ground up. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to find a chunk of bone in the... There's nothing for the dog to choke on. Right. And then once they're... Pancreas is kind of acclimated to having to produce enzymes to digest those bones. So maybe you're two, three weeks in, or a couple of months, if you feel more comfortable. Then, then you start feeding them some bones that are not ground up, so they can clean their own teeth. So if you get a chicken wing, and cut, you know, if it makes you nervous, cut it up into little pieces and start feeding your dog the little pieces. Just so that they can acclimate to eat now they're eating something that they might have to bite down into it you know it's got a different mouth feel Mm -hmm. and they kind of get used to digesting a little bit higher proportion of bone and that or you could take a chicken neck and you know cut it up into discs yeah um and just you know pretend that it's a treat that you're giving your dog and let them eat a couple of the little discs hey so so that's kind of one way that you can segue into it when you have little tiny dogs you are kind of stuck looking for, you know, gosh, what
0: is a little small teeny enough? tiny things? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So you can feed um, chicken feet. Uh, some grocery stores sell turkey tails that are fairly small. Um,
2: yeah, where do I look? At go back to the the, the meat counter and ask them.
1: Yeah, I, a lot of times these things are just you know in the wherever
0: they sell meat in the, kind of in the right the chicken necks and stuff and, like that. Yeah, turkey necks.
1: Yeah, and the and the um, chicken feet. Yep, I mean they're just on the shelf. Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it kind of depends on what grocery store you go to, but you can find all sorts of stuff at grocery stores. Yeah, <laughs> duck heads, what area? Pig tails. There you go.
0: What area mm-hmm. do you live in?
1: Uh, Minneapolis.
0: Okay. okay.
1: Yeah, uh, a lot of times we'll drive down to the Festival Foods in Brooklyn Park. Okay. Because um, they have they sell duck heads, pig tails, uh, turkey tails.
0: Um. And, well. Any what place. Any yeah, place that processed meat, you know, that cuts up its meat, is going to have something like that, okay? Or you could ask when they can get them for you, too. Okay, what was now? What did he ask?
2: What was the name of that first
1: thing to start with? Um, oh, so ju- just start with one of the pre-mixed raw foods. So if you go to your local pet food store and say, hey, I'm new to feeding raw, but I want to get started, the, they'll have, like, everything that you need. Okay. Okay. And
2: I know this is going to sound stupid, but... <laughs> What kind of uh, what should I use to cut up the bones
1: with? <laughs> um, some people just use kind
2: of a big cleaver
1: uh, or oh, poultry okay. shears. Poultry shears are like super. I
0: to know. I heavy duty, know like, Yeah, they're not really like scissors. There's, yeah, they are just they but, can but grind they, through. They anything. work
1: like scissors. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that would find in your kinsel utensil. T- yeah, if you go to a kitchen, kitchen store. and they'll yeah. have those things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If I don't have those. Yeah, neither <laughs> do I. Yeah. Yeah? yeah, he needs some tools. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, good yeah, luck. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Right, thank you. You bet. Okay. Thanks for the call. That's a good question, oh, though. That is good. Okay, let's see. What do we got? Do, 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 do. What country has more saunas than cars? Brazil, Iceland, Finland, Kazakhstan. I think that's K-A-Z-A-K-H-T-A-N that is but anyway, okay we'll be right back
2: all right we're
0: winding down the katie katie show we got a couple calls got to try to get to okay what country has the more has more saunas than cars brazil ireland finland or Kazakhstan? Kazakhstan. what do you think there rachel i think brazil brazil what do you think dr jess finland Ding 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 ding! It's Finland. The Finns consider their saunas a necessity, right up there with their rye bread and their vodka. <laughs> oh, I like rye bread. What? Mm. Oh. Yeah, well, rye bread is the real like pumpernickel bread, correct? Mm. Rye bread is a pumpernickel like looking. I don't think so. It's got um, oh. like little rye. Oh, that one! No, Asian I can't. No, 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 no! Don't like that. I love. Yeah, I, I love, pumper, pumpernickel is just dark bread. I yeah, guess. I love pumpernickel that. Is bright. really good and toasted with a little bit of butter on and peanut butter and then bananas on top of the peanut butter. Oh, it oh that sounds good. Awesome. No, it doesn't. Just Nummy, numby, put numby, a bunch of butter on that. <laughs> no, that's adulterated. So oh no, that's good. Bananas. Yeah, bananas on that. Oh yeah, I got. Now I got to go get some pumpernickel bread. <laughs> 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 I love that stuff. Okay, who's up? All right, we've got Sandra, and she has a question about grain-free diets. Grain-free diets. Hi, Sarah. Hi there. So, what uh, do you... Thank you both Sandra, for there we go. Yes,
1: I love your show. Oh, well, thank you. Um, thank you. I
0: appreciate it. What's What I can do we do for dog. you?
1: I have a 2-year-old dog that I've been feeding a um, grain-free diet since a puppy, and my
0: niece, who's a vet tech, was recently told me that their <laughs> clinic is seeing dogs who are developing cardiovascular disease because they don't have an amino acid to... From the wheat or whatever, so she's telling me it's dangerous. Is that true? No. Okay. <laughs> no uh, but no see um, how long it's got to be what three years ago Dr. Jess when the FDA came out and said grain free foods are uh, uh, creating or making uh, are having do- dogs are getting dilated cardiomyopathy because of grain free foods and they didn't know it was the lentils weren't being doing right or whatever and so then three months after the panic hit and then they you all know, set the message to the vets and all the vets still are saying even after the FDA came out and said whoops we bad we have No um, uh, research to back up what we said. And so, anyway, there are a lot of researchers, a lot of research that is going on right now about that, you know, uh, about about grain free foods and dogs and heart conditions. In fact, Nutrisource is one of the main. Uh, are help paying for this along with some other companies uh, to see with get some research out there. Tell us what's going on. Cause above all, we don't want to hurt dogs. We're there for mm-hmm. them. And so anyway, right. but the FDA came out well, a month ago when Dr. Jess was here. I yeah. saw through a, a deal uh, that the FDA once again said so far there had been no findings that the grain free foods cause dilated cardiomyopathy. OK, great. Right. Yep. And so the thing is, is that I tell everybody, if you're worried about that, then don't feed it totally. Do some raw, do some dehydrated, do some grain free, do some non grain free. The more you rotate the, the food, the healthier the dog is. All right. Well, and they kind of, you know, as a
1: result of this, this idea coming out about the food being linked to heart problems, they didn't just go after the grain free food. So then it started to be this thing about B.E.G. foods. Oh, yeah. And that is boutique, exotic. And grain free. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So it's basically like all the small pet food companies were now guilty. Yeah. And you know, so it's like they kind of lumped them all together. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think uh, there was that that study that that we read last time I was here, where basically um, this group, what they did was they turned to a whole bunch of veterinary cardiologists and said, "Okay, give us your data about all your dilated cardiomyopathy cases." and they basically looked at the number of cases compared to, like, the number of dogs these people had seen. And then and then they looked at the amount of grain-free food that has been sold in the past, you know, 10 years or wherever they, they looked at these numbers from. And the amount of grain-free food that's been sold is off the charts. And the numbers of dilated cardiomyopathy have not changed. Right. So they said that like the numbers bumped up a little tiny bit in 2008 and then a little tiny bit in 2012 or something like that. But the numbers of dogs with dilated cardiomyopathy are not skyrocketing. And yet sales of, of brain free dogs are like, I think it was like 500 percent, you know, yeah. in the past. Yeah. And so they were like, wow, there just doesn't seem to be a correlation.
0: Awesome. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Yeah, I mean, see, but but the vet clinics, I just wish they would get the you know, like you said, yeah, your, they're is still vet on tech? the same train. Yeah, they're still in the same train, and they, that train's got to pull into the depot, and then brains got to get off and get back on with a new set of you know of what they're telling their clients. Because can you know, I
2: point them to the studies you're
1: talking about?
0: Um, if you go to, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Do you remember who did that? I <laughs> yeah. oh, no, it I was don't. it was published in something like Animal Research. Yeah.
0: The Journal of Animal Research or something um, like that? The FDA, you got to be able to go to the FDA and then uh, Google, you know, Google the FDA, uh, FDA and then put uh, put in grain-free food, dog foods, and maybe something okay. will go will, uh, will up. You can go to Hemopet, H-E-M-O-Pet, org. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Dr. Jean Dodds, she's done some articles on it also. Okay, and then um but yeah, I would go to the FDA. I'll have to look at that's a good thing. Yeah, but and if you do find send the link to me. <laughs> but Katie's <I> will. <laughs> because that's what it is. we can send people to the links and so that if they actually got it in black and white that they can read it, that it's just we're not just talking air, you know, about it, that'd be huge. So Okay. Okay I'll for it. Okay. Right. Thanks. Thank you. You bet. Thank Take care. Bye bye. Oh, one thing we want to try to touch base on here was tighter testing what titer testing is. So we're kind of running low on time so we can talk kind of fast. <laughs> sure.
1: So um, titer testers are often seen as an alternative to vaccination. So if you would prefer not to get your dog vaccinated, there are some of these diseases like distemper, parvo, and rabies that you can check titers for instead. And a titer, T-I-T-E-R, just means an antibody level. So the test should come back and say your dog has X number of antibodies against parvovirus. OK, um, the, the laboratories have kind of determined uh, like how many antibodies you have to have in order to be immune? protected, in order to be immune to X, Y, Z disease. Uh, but there's still a lot of confusion about this. Um, you know, uh, me personally, I think that if your dog has been vaccinated in the past, Odds are in your favor that your dog is protected. So if you want to do titer tests, you can. But I'm not a huge promoter of titer mm-hmm. testing. Yep. Um, but some some people, you know, they want to maintain a good relationship with their regular vet. And so the vet will say, well, if you're not going to vaccinate, let's at least do a titer and make sure that Fluffy is protected. Totally legitimate way to proceed. Yes. Um, I typically, when my clients want to do titers, I typically have them run through Hemopet. Um, because they will do endpoint tighter. so they will actually give you a number instead of instead of giving you this positive. Oh, negative. okay, okay. Um, because realistically, any antibody is enough. If you can make one antibody against a disease, you can make five hundred million of them should the need arise. Yep. Um, I was just recently uh, reading. Uh, records from a patient and the vet had said that you know well just because your dog has antibodies doesn't mean that they're immune that is 100 percent exactly what it means and that's what shots are supposed to do give you that immunity exactly and that's a better proof of immunity than the dog having had a
0: vaccine and there is once you get immunity you can't make the immunity stronger you either have immunities or don't more shots more vaccinations won't give you more immunity will it Um, no, it will not like you're either correct. You're either immune or you're not.
1: However, say, say if you're vaccinated against rabies and you do get bit by a rabid animal, then the first thing that you do is you go and update your rabies vaccine. Okay. Because like the theory is that that would cause an immediate production of antibodies against rabies. But it takes two weeks to build antibodies. But, but
0: you already have that memory, right? yeah but then why are just you just supposed- stimulating that memory? I don't know oh, okay. this is how it's done, Oh, okay, <laughs> this and, is how it's done and then yeah. the well tighter test they draw blood, yeah, and then they put it in they have it sent to. Uh, there's all sorts of Kansas different state w-
1: university or th- Yeah, that's for rabies, but they're but even those I have them run through Hemopet. Okay, Hemopet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, yeah, so you send the, you could send the serum to Hemopet. Hemopet's going to send it to Kansas. Oh, okay. But okay. that's okay. There's there's different laboratories that run these, but it does show uh proof of immunity. Now, it requires some interpretation. So basically, so what if you have a titer test done and there's no antibodies against distemper, does it mean that your dog is not immune? No. Because you don't walk around with antibodies to every disease that you're immune to.
0: Okay.
1: So always has to be kind of
0: interpreted. How how can they get a hold of you? Uh, Through my website at holistic-vet-care.com. I want to thank you all for sharing this afternoon. Thank you, Rachel, for answering the phones. Y'all hope you learned something and you have a great week. And remember, if you don't train them, don't blame them. Check my website out for my class schedules. Bye-bye.